happened and it, feeling like maybe a week into it, I was like, this is a completely different experience than anything I'd had before because all of a sudden I was sort of in the world of day-to-day life with the people who were living there. And all of a sudden I said, wait, I, now I think now I'm living here. Now I'm no longer traveling through. I'm actually uh, taking my time through the day to get into a routine, to do the things that I have uh, – uh, only ever imagined doing back home, which is, you know, going into work, checking out, et cetera, like that. For me, that was a new experience. Did you find something like a sort of similar change when you started working there? Yeah. I mean, I'd never been to Singapore before I, I moved there. I didn't even know where it was on a map, really. Um, so I, I didn't know what it was like to travel there. But yeah, there was a sense of just like, well, you know, I, I wake up, I go to work, I party on the weekends i you know go to the gym i go to the pool whatever um and it was it was kind of actually nice to be i i'm actually kind of a fan of routine you know so it's kind of nice to be able to you know go with my colleagues to lunch during lunch hour or you know talk to my friends about coworker issues or something like that you know i kind of enjoyed having that routine right well now you've got the framework too to at least maybe not the framework, but the comfort. Now you've got the comfort to travel and find work and integrate into a society. I mean, this is a good place to practice. I feel like Singapore is so international that it's going to be really quick to welcome you in and get you accustomed to doing that. And then this is something that you would just continue to do. What was the next step for you? How long were you there? And yeah. Uh, so I was in Singapore for a year and a half. I spent nine months working and then I spent a few months just uh, living there and traveling around and, um, doing some contract work. Uh, but from there, I went to Australia and spent a month in Australia working uh, while volunteering with the um, International Sailing Championships because I was trying to build a career in uh, international sports. And so uh, Australia was totally volunteer-based and I paid for it out of my own pocket, but I felt it was worth it to build my career. And so after that, I moved to Paris because I wanted to learn French, uh, again, for international sports, because um, this surprises everyone. But, you know, the Olympics are in French and English, and World Cups are in French and English. And so uh, it's really beneficial, actually, to your career if you know French. And I was like, well, screw it. I'll move to France. How hard could it be? (laughs) Um, And luckily, I found it job in Paris relatively easy and uh, picked up some French, but not as much French as I would have liked. Um, but, you know, learning learning any language in the capital is hard. I mean, learning Chinese in Shanghai is difficult and learning French in Paris, it takes a lot of effort because you're just constantly surrounded by people who speak English and uh, English-speaking expats. Um, forcing yourself into a sort of an environment of failure is the best way to learn a language I feel like and when it's already there to sort of support the, the, <laughs> the it's Eng- a crutch English. exactly it's a crutch yeah. right. I feel like to figure this stuff out on the road so you're, you basically just took us from like three different countries and three different jobs and uh, you're figuring all this out in your early 20s this is a time when most people you know either move back in with their parents get a first apartment set up shop somewhere in a comfort zone so that they can figure their career out but you, Edna, you know, you've decided to try to figure things out on the road, which means that you need to 